So what are we going to talk about, guys? <laughs> That's what I want to know. <laughs> Steve, and with me today are two uh, magnificent gentlemen, one Mr. Robbie, he said hi, and we also have uh, recording down under, Nick. I'm, I'm scared now. As, as we all are. Um, so, uh, Nick, I believe this is your uh, first podcast with Robbie, Yes. Oh, holy shit. Holy shit, it is. So, um, uh, Robbie, this is Nick. Nick, this is Robbie. Uh, you can shake hands however you want to do that. Um, and yeah, so we should have a lot of uh, wonderful and interesting commentary uh, for you all today. Uh, but to start things off, uh, as we usually do, we will, we will do our little segment about what we're listening to called What Are You Listening To? What are you listening to? The segment where we talk about what we're listening to. Uh, who would like to start us off in this segment of what are you listening to? I can start off. All right, Robbie, what are you listening to? Uh, well, let me just say first that, you know, apparently last week's audio was, for me, was really bad. Uh, so I, I decided, fuck it, and I went out and bought a system, uh, like a, a headset, I mean. This, and, this is how committed... Robbie is to a podcast cause. He he went out <laughs> with his own money and bought a brand new microphone just for you, the audience. So uh, let's have a round of applause for Robbie there, because he's a he's a trooper. Nick, why aren't you clapping? That that's how like, they clap in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I want to say that uh, I I I I meant to mention this last week. Uh, because you were on Steve, but um, I figured I'd, I could do it this week. Uh, I've been really falling in love with uh, World's End Girlfriend lately. Ah, yes. 
Yeah. Uh, so, well, the only two albums I've heard so far are um, uh, Heartbreak Wonderland and Seven Idiots. Okay. But uh, yeah, but both of them are really great, uh, especially especially Heartbreak. It's just every track is just an epitome of gorgeousness and emotion and beauty and sadness and all that fun stuff. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a really beautiful record. Um, and none of his other records sound like it. Uh, that's one of the things I like about World's End Girlfriend is really each of his albums is uh, so much its own thing. Um, but yeah, Heartbreak Wonderland is the one that got me uh, into him. I had it recommended to me somewhere. I, I forget now. It's been it's been so many years, so many five years. But um, yeah, gorgeous record. And, uh, and it's interesting that Seven Idiots is the only other one you've listened to, because that's kind of uh, a, a, well, as I'm sure you can attest, a much uh, different sounding album. Yeah, yeah, well, the different sections of the album sound different from each other, too. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's, obvi- it's obvious to you, but to anyone who doesn't know what the hell we're talking about, uh, it's, it's basically the divine comedy in reverse. So it goes from, from heaven to purgatory to hell. And the hell section of the album is like really spastic and fucked up, and you know I wish it went um, I wish it went on longer for two longer than two tracks, but the album is already long anyway. Um, uh, yeah, it's a full CD. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like it's, seventy minutes, I think. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure I've talked about it on the podcast before, but it's a really fascinating album. Um, like Robbie said, it's really split into three sections. The first section are these. Uh, weirdly uh pieced together like pop rock songs yeah um, and uh the, the way he composed them is uh he or he says he composed them is he wrote kind of just pop rock tracks with like vocal parts and sort of figured out how they sounded like and then he removed the uh, vocal part and then messed with the songs until it became the uh kind of frankenstein-esque uh creations that they are um, and then his purgatory stuff is actually the most similar to kind of stuff he's done before. Uh, the uh, it, it's really just one piece split into three sections: Bohemian Purgatory. Uh, it's it's kind of Lyle Landish, which is the album that came before her Break Wonderland. And then yeah, the Hell stuff is just really weird uh, sound collages and noise experiments, and uh, yeah, it's good. Yep. Yeah, it's great. Oh, but, uh, what should I get now? You know, uh, I, 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 I just digested these two records. Oh uh, yeah, um, probably I I just work your way backwards, um, since okay. I've already done that. So the Lyle Land, uh, as I mentioned, would be next. Uh, Lyle Land and Heartbreak Wonderland. Um, those are kind of the two big ones. Like when people talk about uh, W E G, that's the album. Those are the albums they talk about. And yeah, and then. Just before that, it's like Dreams End Come True uh, is also really good. Uh, Farewell Kingdom, it's a really good kind of like an ambient album, sort of. It's it's more ambient than the stuff you heard. Uh, and yeah, just just check them all out. There. Yeah. yeah, of course. And, and you've heard his collaboration with Mono, too, so I don't have to oh, yeah. mention Mono. Yeah, amazing. Mm-hmm. And I'll actually uh, I'll come back to that later in, in my section because it sort of ties into 
one thing I've been listening to. But yeah, Worlds and Girlfriend, thumbs up on the thumbs up from the your podcast opinion is wrong <laughs> podcast crew. <laughs> so what else, Robbie? I've also, <clears throat> I've also um, well, just yesterday I I had an impulse to listen to uh, a lot of Animal Collective. Well, uh, particularly uh, Strawberry Jam. I really, I, I really love that record. It might be second to Meriwether Post Pavilion as my favorite. And yeah, I'm predictable, but you know, uh-huh. I'm, I, I'm not exactly known to be the hugest anim, Animal Collective fan on the blog. So. <laughs> oh, don't don't uh, sell yourself short, Robbie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, as as, as we all know, I I love Animal Collective yeah. so much. <laughs> well, okay, but I just wanted to say that I think Strawberry Jam is a great record, and that I really like it. Oh, that's fun. Feels is, Feels is also a really great record and very nice. Feels is my personal opinion, my personal favorite. Feels. Yeah, but but. My personal favorite is uh, Sung Tongs. Like, like, Sung Tongs is the only Animal Collective record I would say I love. Because um, it's cause it's really good. I, I, I just like it when it's just like the two guys and they're doing weird shit with their guitar and they'll just have a 12-minute song where they're just strumming on a guitar and that's pretty much it. Like, that's that's the Animal Collective I like. Uh, that, that's what I can deal with. Do they- and, and, and then, you that my, that, sorry, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was gonna, I was gonna say that's probably the animal collective I don't like. Like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not gonna go on with it. But you guys know my opinion on sung tongs. But <laughs> oh, but you should. Like, like, <laughs> like, people are saying feels and sung tongs are like the most similar to each other, and I, and I love feels, but I don't know. I'll, I'll probably listen to it again one day. But Winter Winter's Love is a is a great song. Oh, there we go. Yep. So I like, like why, why, do you, why do you like Feels? I, I like them all. Um, feels was, was is, um, it's like the the most calmest album I guess you could say, and I don't want to oh. say access, accessible because it's not any more accessible than... It, it's kind of like Animal Collective's soft rock album. Yeah, that, those are some <laughs> words you don't often hear associated with Animal Collective. Calm and soft rock. Uh, I, I, can, I can hear where you're coming from, though. I mean, you have songs on that record like like Banshee Beat, which is like it's really calming and it's like getting a hug. You know? That's, uh, that's, I, I've never felt like problem. Animal Collective ever wanted to hug me. <laughs> I mean, I understand they're like a collective, so that sort of implies, you know, kind of a close relationship there. But no, never, never really got the warm fuzzies from from Anko, except from the Deke. I I I I'd cuddle with the Deke. The Deke's all about hugs. Mm-hmm. Dude loves hugs. Loves hugs and going to Africa. <laughs> Loves hugs going to Africa and not paying back money. Uh-huh. Ooh. Uh. <laughs> oh. 
I'm sure he'll. I'm sure he can repay all those people and in hugs. That's <laughs> what about the promise music? That's just the that's just the album that he's working on. Like he was dissatisfied with the music, so now he's just making it with hugs. <laughs> It, I, I, I believe it's the same currency that uh, Amanda Palmer uses, <laughs> along with free beer. It, it's in hugs. So, um, yeah, you oh know, it's, it's, it's a it's a you know universal communal kind of uh, exchange of, of of body warmth. Speaking of which, our fellow podcaster Kyle is watching them right now. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Lucky bastard. And I, and, I, and I say that genuinely. Like, I would love to see Animal Collective live. Like, uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I probably would have seen them when they came to L.A., except they're at Hollywood Bowl, and that's kind of an overly big, overly expensive venue. So it's like, eh. And, and Flying Lotus was opening, too, so that would have been interesting. Oh, it would have been, yeah. I, I mean, I've never been to the Hollywood Bowl, but I imagine, yeah, it, it looks big from... From what it's seen. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they put on, uh, I'm sure they have a lot of big stage props or whatever. Giant teeth. <laughs> giant, giant teeth. <laughs> yeah. the um, they're, they're actually coming to Australia not long soon, but, and my friend and I were talking about going to them, but we saw Radiohead, so, and that kind of put a, a thing in our, a dent in our budget. Especially well, for me. I think that's I think that's a, a very more than fair trade off. Yeah. If you ask. <laughs> like I I'd, I'd say you made the right decision there. Uh, yeah. Because was... they also said because they also saw Radiohead this year and they were they were great. Yeah, but man, but it's 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 always terrible when um when you, when you see the the set list of a different of a different night or or like the previous night and it's, and it's got songs on there that you were like oh I wish they played that <laughs> oh yeah well yeah that all that always happens I know that feeling yeah they had uh they were like premiering a song or like a song or two on that tour and they didn't play any of them uh, on on our stop uh which I don't blame them like I I, I think the place they went to for us was like the smallest venue on that tour it, it, it was this just it's just really really weird theater that's only like a couple of years old. I don't even know why they stopped there. It's not even a major city, but I'm, I'm not complaining. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying. Yeah. My my main goal for 2013 is to is definitely to see Radiohead because I it, it's depressing that I haven't seen them and I and I could have last year, but you know because of a certain Southern California festival I'm not going to mention. Um, I could. I mean, even if they play a, uh, a big, expensive place like Hollywood Bowl or something, I don't care. I, I'd spend any money to see Radiohead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I should get on that. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, I hope Radiohead are around for. Well, well, I hope so. But, but who knows? Yeah. You know? I think Adams. I think Adam, I think Adams for Peace is touring, but they're rumored to play Coachella. So, oh, there I said it. Um, yeah, so that might not be in the cards for me. We'll, uh, we'll edit that out in post. 
<laughs> is Flea still in that band? I thought that Flea was from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, I, yeah, last, yeah. I, last I saw the roster, which I believe was earlier today, yeah. Like, Flea's the bassist, uh, Tommy. Nigel Godfrey is, isn't it? Nigel, and I think there are, like, two other guys, or hardly yeah. people, I guess. But yeah, yeah, like the the studio drummer for Beck and Air is is the drummer for them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, they have a, yeah, they have, they have two, a good track record. Though. They have like two drummers. They have two drummers, which is kind of interesting. Oh, two well, two drummers is is great. Like uh, oh. on this past Radiohead tour, they had two drummers. Oh yeah, you're right. Well, they have a drummer and a quote percussionist. So it could be doing different things other than you know. Uh, not, he's not just limited to the drums. He can he can percuss pretty much anything if you <laughs> if you try hard enough. If you sit and put yeah. your mind to it. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're very very liberal thinkers. Those percussionists. Very very admirable <laughs> in, in that sense. But uh, yeah. What was I got? Oh yeah, Adams for Peace. Finally, officially announced <laughs> that album. It's gonna happen. Oh yeah, yeah. The artwork is really good. I yeah, I really like it. Oh. It's kind of like their whole aesthetic has been like just like this dark black light weird drawing thing. I'm down with that. Uh, Nick, uh, did they did Radiohead op- did Radiohead open with Bloom when you saw them? It seems like they were opening with that. Uh, oh no. They it, it was it was pretty cool because they it was like um they just they just kind of came on and like with, with with no real warning um and then it was just like yeah tick 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 da into um the lotus flower <laughs> into what yeah, lotus flower oh they opened with lotus flower which is where cool. um, oh lotus flower yeah. Lotus flower. Sorry, my my accents. God, enunciate, Nick. Please, <laughs> thank you. Sorry, I'll start using okay. my uh, American accent, so maybe you'll be able to understand me a little bit better. Um. Oh, what is? Do you have an American? Can you like tell us oh, your American God. accent? Like, what what do we sound to you? Um, I'm curious. I have I have to hear this. I have to fucking hear this. Um, Steve, you sound a little bit more like this to me. Uh. You sound like oh my uh, God. <laughs> it's uncanny. This is this is, is to me. This is what you sound like, and uh, yeah. And I I I haven't listened to much to enough of Robbie to really emulate. Okay, well, well we'll we'll get that at the end of the podcast. Like a, a, a good hour. <laughs> yeah. so we'll, uh, we'll we'll come back to you on that. But yeah, I, I don't even have to do this anymore. You can just spell in for me. <laughs> I can ju- you can just fill in for me. Uh. Yeah. See? <laughs> can you hear that? Audience, can you fucking hear that? <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to exploit this. So oh. much. Anyway. Uh, okay. Oh, goodness. Anyway. So, yeah, um, about, about the Radiohead. Um, <clears throat> yeah, they opened with Bloom for us. Was- <laughs> that was nice. Yeah, um, yeah, it sounds it sounds amazing when I hear recordings of it live. I mean, oh yeah, that whole album is vastly superior in, in the live setting. Uh, the King of Lambs, or yeah, as soon, 
Yeah, it seems like it seems like a lot of the live recordings I've heard just make the songs, you know, better and more expansive than on the studio. It, the studio album, it feels, you know, more confined in a way. Well, yeah, it's I like, think that was somewhat intentional. Well, no, I, and, I, and I get that. Maybe it was, maybe it was intentional. Uh, yeah, I, it wasn't I'm, my favorite sound for them. Yeah, it was like I, I prefer the uh, dynamism that the live recordings give those songs. Like I, I just feel it breathes a little more life yeah. to them, and yeah, like Rob said, they don't feel kind of so constricted. Um, and yeah, I and I, I like I said, I get that the King of Lambs is very much has its own aesthetic and, and, and feeling and mood to it, but I, I just liked it better hearing it uh, right in front of my face. Yeah, yep. it was great. It's really good. Yeah. Really great. Yeah. Yeah. What else are you listening to, Robbie? Oh, well, I, um, I listened to the first two tracks of the new Scott Walker record today. Ah, Fish Bosh. Yeah. What'd you, what'd you yeah. think? think bro <laughs> I I have no words I mean um, so far the only thing I can say right now that I just explicitly don't like is I don't really like how Scott's voice has kind of aged I mean yeah, it kind of reminds me of how badly Lou Reed's voice has aged over the past few years now it, it, he kind of sounds like, you, you know, he kind of has that that sort of forced vibrato that I don't like. But yeah, as for sort of the music on the record, I mean, uh, it makes all of the insane, loud, noisy metal music I listen to sound completely complacent and just tame in comparison. It, uh, I don't know, it's, it's freaky the whole thing, but it's freaky as fuck so far. And I like it. Okay, yeah, um, I, I've only listened to it once, uh, also, not today, but this past week. Um, yeah, I... I, I want to listen to it again, <laughs> which which I guess is a, a good thing. Um, yeah, it's... A, it's a very curious uh, record, um, and yeah, like you said, it really—I mean, really marches to the beat of its own drum. Uh, like, yeah, I—I I, I can't think of much else uh, that came out this year that sounds like it. I, I mean, and then Scott Walker is kind of—he he definitely has gone down a very uh, interesting direction considering where he started, like the. Yeah. Scott uh, one through four albums. Um, I, I like orchestral I, music. Basically. Yeah, I, I I really like those. Like those are those are yeah, some so amazing I, records. Uh, especially I, I think Scott four is the one I really like. It's three or four. Uh, I have to look up which one now. But yeah, they're they're <laughs> nice orchestral pop. Uh, I really like that sound. Um, the Divine Comedy is is a more recent band uh, that does kind of the same thing those albums did, but 
updated about 30 years or so. So I, re I really like Lowe's. But, um, yeah, it's Scott 3 is the one I really like. But, yeah, and, yeah. and then... And then sometime in in the eighties, he just I, I guess lost his mind. Like I I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and then then he released Tilt, and then the Drift, and now and now Bish Bosh. Yes. Bish Bosh. I think it'll be interesting to see uh, how the blogosphere reacts to this. I hate saying that word, but I also love saying that word. Um, it's a thing, you know. It's a yeah, thing. it's like thing. when you have a record that is this obviously kind of a, an artistic statement or non-statement, however you want to uh, in interpret it. Um, it's it's always interesting to read how different critics kind of uh, interpret the piece. Um, because I, th I think Pitchfork gave a decent score to it, didn't they? Yeah, uh, they gave it... Uh, I'm at, I was actually looking at it. Yeah, they gave it an 8. Okay, just, yeah. Just straight 8, yeah. yeah. I kind of see it as almost like... Um, similar to... Um, what, do, what, what do you say? Um, Swans. It, it, it kind of seems like another huge, big experimental album, which people... Just because of... And, and, and I'm not putting this anything against Scott Walker or Swans either, but just because they've been around, I guess you could say, around the block once or twice, it's almost like an event. And like because they're they're because he's a because Scott Walker's such a huge heralded um, experimental music guy, and Swans are such. This is the first. This is one of the one of the like the second album that they've released since they, since they've come back. It seems just like a almost like people are putting up with experimental music just to ah oh, son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> I, I I can't really articulate my my thoughts and words all no, that I, well. I I, I get where you're coming from though. It's like yeah, if, if yeah. some unknown. Like artist or band released albums like this, would they yeah. get any press at all? And the answer is probably no. Like you could probably find stuff very similar to this on like some band camp uh, somewhere. Like browse the experimental section of that, and you'll probably r run into stuff very similar to that. Um, of course, you know the question becomes. Um, so are these albums by the Seer and Scott Walker uh, actually better because these artists have been around longer? Like, because these people have sort of had, you know, years to sort of uh, evolve and, you know, cultivate their sound and, you know, been a part of sort of the musical process, you know, you can argue that they have a better understanding of how to make this kind of music when someone who just kind of plops down uh, in, in front of a piano and says i'm i'm gonna make i'm gonna bang on this and make music today uh but you know but there's also a, a thing called talent and sometimes that 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 is that is found in people who do not necessarily have a you know press and history behind them so yeah and, and then moving on to a uh, next point there is also the there's always the suspicion that you know 
the uh, our brains cloud our ears. You know, if we hear something that's by Scott Walker, are we automatically biased into thinking that you know this is uh, something that has to be good because he's been making good records, so this too uh, must must be. Uh, isn't it? It's it's interesting, like because because you can't listen to these kinds of albums in a vacuum, is the problem. Yeah, exactly. it, it has to be contextual. I mean, like I feel like when <clears throat> you're so big and you're so known for making experimental albums, there's a way to kind of there's a way that that can go wrong. Like uh, this is venturing outside of music, but. Have you heard of uh, the the French director Jean Luc Godard? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's he's made some you know French New Wave films, very influential, very acclaimed, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And nowadays he nowadays he makes shitty home videos, and people praise it just the same because it's Jean Luc Godard. Like it, it. Like I love Swans, but if Swans puts out just a bunch of quote unquote experimental nonsense. I'll call them out on it, you know. I'll, I'll say, hey, this is this isn't the par. This is just literally nonsense. But it's yeah. The thing is, it's always so difficult uh, to kind of empirically determine where the nonsense ends and where the experimentation begins, because uh, because you can't empirically determine something like that. I mean, the very notion yeah. of experimental yeah. music, um, you know, by its nature. It, it has to be something that's unfamiliar to us that we can't really assess by the same criteria uh, by which we can, you know, assess other music. Like, if you listen to a pop record in 2010, you know what you're listening for. You know, you can kind of point out, okay, this song is good because it does these certain things. You know, it follows this particular chord progression. It has this structure, ABAB, thrown to C somewhere, and, and you're good to go. Um, but yeah, but when you have a song that's, uh, you know, over 10 minutes and it, it, it samples, uh, flatulence, uh, then you, you, you kind of, about, about sphincters and genitals and yeah, it's like, you don't really have a, something you can compare that to easily. Uh, so then you have to kind of think of the album sort of on it. Sort of on its own terms, like kind of, kind of as an isolated thing, and that's where you you can't listen to it in a vacuum when because you're you know uh, taking into account okay who is this artist um, I don't know what they're doing here so I have to kind of read up on it and read what they thought they were doing there and it, it's it's definitely a much different way of uh, listening to an album or or it can be uh, at least. <laughs> I would be, I, I, I don't know this, but I'm really I'd be really curious now to sort of read what the reaction to um I think Tilt was it yet yeah, Tilt which came out in '95 yeah because I think at that point Scott Walker hadn't done anything in like 20 or so years and then all of a sudden he comes out with this album called Tilt and it's so much different than what he had done in the late '60s. So, you know, I, I wonder what the reception was, lad. I think he was edging around to that, though, because he had done a... I think he'd done a soundtrack for, um, a, uh, for a film before that time, and that the soundtrack was pretty weird. And, like, okay. the soundtrack was actually to um, 
Or may- maybe you did that after. You either did it before or after. I don't know. I don't like, know. Just after. after. Just but, keep um... talking. I'm gonna wiki this. <laughs> Still time. Uh, it doesn't really matter. But the point still remains. Like after Scott Walker went from you know singly crooning these very beautiful ballads um, to to the women, and and he started uh, making records that are not quite so croonful. You know, it's like uh, what is there? What happened there? Yeah, like what 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 happened there, Scott? Why do you no, do, came why after. do you do the things you do? It came after. It came in nineteen ninety nine. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. For for <laughs> a, um, Leo Carax film, just just to give a little bit of a sideline. Um. Yeah. The, the the film before um before he made Holy Holy Motors this year. Huh. Robbie, I know I know that you're a yeah you're a fan of that film. Yeah. Great movie, great movie. A little bit. Yeah, I, I, well, mostly because you guys spoken highly of it, but I, I do want to see that. I, I, I yeah. I'm assuming it's about cars that are blessed as sacred, sacred vehicles. <laughs> if you uh, want to think about it. It's like it's 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 like that Pixar movie about the cars. I forget what it's called, but uh, I'm assuming it's yeah, like that. Yeah. But like lat like lat cross with veggie tails. <laughs> am, am I sort of uh, yeah like yeah fun? yeah just the French art house version of cars plus veggie tails. Yeah, that's cool. Sounds up my alley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sure. I mean, you know, t- uh, no, I'm not gonna spoil it. <laughs> Well, it's not. It's it's one of those unspoilable films because it's more about um, the the, the viewing <laughs> process, it's, it's especially because how yeah. it's structured. Yeah, but I was gonna make a joke about what happens with the cars at the end, um, and, and if I say that, it, 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 Nick, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, no, of course. It's probably one of my favorite scenes. And 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 the bit, like the thing is, you, you read a lot of reviews. A lot of people don't like that scene. I think it's kind of silly. It's, I think it's quite funny because it's just kind of at the end. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. But you know, if you think about it in context with the film and what the you know, what the message of the film is about, you know, um, yeah. about, about about the the ten million things that that fucking movie is about, it it, it contextually it, it can make sense. I mean. You know, Steve has no fucking clue what we're talking about, but you know. No, but go on, it's fine. <laughs> we're just kind of like filling in time. I'll just, I'll just sit over here and, and read. <laughs> like in my, like, like in my theater, you know, I and a lot of people were laughing, and, you know, and it was uh, for good reason. I mean, it was kind of absurd and it was comedic and it was, you know, it, it, it was kind of a lighter way to end the movie. It, it still makes a lot of sense, and it fits in, you know, because you know, a bunch of weird shit happened in that movie that doesn't that doesn't make sense in the real world. So, why can't you know cars do what they do? Okay. Why can't um, they do what they do? Indeed. Okay. Oh, now, now I'm dangerously close to spoiling it. So. Yeah. All right. Well, 
sounds, sounds like a lovely piece of uh, film. It's definitely for kids as well, so if you have any children, go well, and take course, it. Yes. That, that was my intention. Bring all my, all my children. <laughs> all of my children. <laughs> all children. Um, all, all children are, are my children. children I, I think that's how it works. I'm not, I'm not sure, but... What he, what, are, what are you God? Uh. <laughs> Any, anyway, <laughs> don't tell anybody. Um, Any, anywho, we get back to what are we listening to? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, probably. And was scared we were going to run out of content. Um. Yeah. So what? Me next? Or are you, are you, are you done, Robbie? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty much done. All right. So uh, move on to Nick. Nick, yeah. what are you listening to? Um, speaking of weird experimental music, I've, I've actually been... That's that's a lot of what I've been listening to lately. I've been listening to a lot of really out there. I don't know really what brought it on, because especially because before this, I've been listening to a lot of 70s folk, if you last heard the, um, heard the last um, podcast. I, I was listening to a lot of Joni Mitchell and Jessica Pratt and um, Angel Olsen, um, lots of countryfied 70s, either 70s folk or stuff influenced by 70s folk, but I've kind of been taking, took a turn for the weird, um, I've been listening to Mirroring, which is the, the album this re- released this year, well the album's called, what's the album called, um, the album's called Foreign Body, it's by Mirroring, which is a collaboration between um, Grouper and an artist that I don't know called um, Tiny Vipers or Vapors or something like that, um, which is pretty much pop with, it, well, it's like ambient but with singing over the top. It's I think it's pretty cool, very droney, and um, yeah, I've also been. Played, uh, I was gonna yeah. say you played that in a sync tube. Yeah. Donut, I thought it was really nice. Yeah. That was good very, stuff. Very cool. Yeah. Um, I've also been listening to Naked City. Um, John Zorn, a bit of John Zorn. Ooh. Been really getting into um some freaky weed jazz. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I keep meaning to listen to more John Zorn. Um, because I listened to the album he put out this year. Uh, called a vision in Blake light. And I have no idea that happened. Yeah, it's it's these really really nice uh, jazz pieces, and I, I guess conceptually it's about uh, William Blake's poetry. Its name, Vision in Blake light. Uh, but um, yeah, it's it's a it's a really good album. Um, and I I I just never listened to him before. Because they just kind of always assumed he was uh, unpleasant to listen to, but this album is yeah. anything but that. It's really nice. I, I highly recommend it. Um, huh. All right. Cool. Oh wow! Well, um, I'm, I'm looking at his. I'm looking. I'm looking, I'm looking at his radio music, and it looks like he had like seven or something albums that came out in 2012. I don't uh, know if it's. Probably, he seems like the kind of guy who would do a lot. Yeah, and uh, I mean, besides a few tracks from some other projects, I've only I've only really listened to Naked City. 
John Zorn, actually. I mean, what I really know uh, John Zorn from is that he runs his own label. Uh, like yeah. Zodic label, something like that. Something it's, like that. It's, yeah, it's like TZA, and I don't know how to pronounce that, but uh, it's just a really good record label that um, yeah. you know, specializes in kind of like experimental music, but what I really like it for is it uh, does kind of stateside releases of, of a lot of weird Japanese artists, kind of gives them a voice in the States, and, and I'm all yeah. about that. So I, I've listened to a lot of Lowe's um, albums that have kind of come out under that kind of sub-label that, that he runs. So uh, he's, he's, he's a cool guy in my book. Yeah, Ruiz has done that label if you've listened to them before. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Naked City, good stuff, because it's like, it'll be like, like four bars of, it's really swing and jazz song, like, groovy, man, they're just kind of, bah! And I'll just, I'll just launch into. Thank something. you for that. Thank you for that. Holy shit! That sounds really good. I, I believe you have sold me on John Zorn's other material. <laughs> <laughs> That just that, that thirty seconds just made my fucking life. <laughs> that, well, that and I'm reading here that their music incorporated elements of jazz, surf, classical, heavy metal, grindcore, country, punk rock, and other genres. But I really think Nick put that much more uh, eloquently. Often in just one song as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, besides Naked City, um, I've been listening to the the um, new Internet Club um, mixtape or album or whatever you, whatever you could call it. Um, more chill wave or no, not chill wave, vapor wave for um. <laughs> so I, how did I get those mixed up? Um, for the for the ears, it's all right. Oh, is, is that like one they just put out? Yeah, Vanishing Vision. Oh, I think I've heard. Yeah. Internet Club seemed to, at least with um, the Virtual Information Desk and Macintosh Plus, at least they somewhat change up their songs as they go along. Internet Club kind of seemed to... Um, they have two to three minute pieces or even stretching past four or... There's a minute that there's one that that nearly six minutes, but it's an ambient piece. Um, but the the pieces with beats and samples, it just shamelessly loops them. It doesn't really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I hate when when people do that. It's like it's a lazy. literally a, a a five second loop, and it will just loop over and over and over and and like. I, I don't I don't know why I don't, I don't know if it, if it's, if it's the version that I that I um downloaded or something like that. But every now and again, they'll just be kind of like a random skip, and it'll just it'll just. No, I, I'm, I, I don't know. If, I'm pretty sure yeah. that's intentional. Like, I'm, yeah, it's, I'm 100 percent certain that's intentional. Actually, is 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 that is that meant to make it interesting? 
or something. I'm, oh. I'm, I mean, like, I'm, I'm, it's, 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 it's enjoyable while it's on, but I don't remember anything, and usually about halfway through the, every single thing, I'm like, well, what, what's there to offer? Yeah, I, I feel kind of the same um, about the Internet Club, kind of that whole thing, because that, that's also just kind of like one guy who he's Internet Club and a, a bunch of other projects. Um, but it, but again, it's kind of just this one guy making these records, and then it's the one girl making Macintosh Plus and a virtual information desk, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so essentially, Vaporwave is two people making music <laughs> under a lot of different names. I, I, I'm exaggerating a little, but not that much, I, I suspect. But yeah, Internet Club, I, I mean, what I imagine he's doing is. I think a bit more faithful, I guess you could say, to kind of that uh, Chuck Person mixtape, which I think sort of started uh, a lot of lists, because that's uh, really kind of just looping samples over and over. Um, but it's uh, Daniel Lopatin doing it, so yeah. and, and, and to be fair, he's really good at it. Like, uh, yeah, I really like that mixtape. But, yeah, I, I guess it's kind of more, yeah, faithful or pure in that sense. And I think the CD skips are just there to kind of uh, evoke that feeling of early to mid-90s nostalgia where, you know, you'd, you'd have a shitty CD and it'd it just do that. Like, it's, uh, I, I guess, kind of like glitch, you know, in, in that similar sense where you're intentionally recreating a uh, faulty mechanism um, because there's, you know, something in that, you know, we kind of like, it's like that Brian Eno quote I quoted last time, like, the failures of a media are what eventually define that media. I got, I, oh, I, that, yeah, that's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm waxing way too philosophical <laughs> now. Uh, it's getting, it's getting way too deep right here. But basically what I'm saying is I think Internet Club... Yeah, yeah, I think the Internet Club stuff is a lot less interesting than the Macintosh Plus or the, the, other, the other person. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a quote here from, um, from, from this guy um, for Internet Club. He says, I go through YouTube looking for videos based on a vibe that I decide on. Once I find some material, I throw them through video to MP3 converter, fuck with them in Audio City, Audacity, um... <laughs> And Ableton Live. <laughs> Sometimes I'll also put them through tape or a process similar to the other project, his one of his other projects, Echo Unlimited process. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Sometimes I'll put them through. Okay. Yeah. Process. Well, I, I at least appreciate that he's really candid about exactly the you know little amount of stuff that he's doing. Again, it's it's not so much writing music as it is recreating an aesthetic, and you know that seems to be his goal, and I think he accomplishes that, so I'm fine with it. Yeah, but it's it, on... it also you know goes back to why I prefer the other stuff, this stuff so much. Yeah, this 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 is almost like revitalization of um. The whole pop art movement from um, which Andy Warhol and stuff right, like that. Um, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's, that's, just, that's a really good comparison, actually. And, and it's uh, like, you know, is is this really is this really worth it? 
Yeah. It's like that. Uh, I forget the guy's name, but the guy who did kind of those big uh, painting-sized prints of uh, like a comic, comic book books. panels. Yes, that, that's that's who, that's who I'm trying to think of. Yeah, I, think. I forget his name. But, oh, you know, you, you see Lee's kind of in a book or in a museum, and it's like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then you learn that he really directly rips all of these panels from actual comic books. <laughs> like, it, all... Yeah. He just paints them big. He, he just paints really them big and messes with the colors a bit. Yeah. But down to the fucking like quotes, those are yeah. really unchanged. And, and yeah, you learn that, and you're like, oh, oh, this, this, this guy did. And yeah. and I think in this case, the kind of internet club, those people are more defensible because they're not making a profit off this, or. Because pretty much all these tapes are available for free in some sense. Like, I think you can buy, like, CDs or tapes of some of these. Um, but most of them, I think, like, about like, like 95% of them are you know, available to download free online. So it's kind of, you know, 20% free, copyrights old, and then yada, yada, yada. But this guy would, you know, rip off these comic book panels, and the original artists wouldn't be attributed, and they wouldn't get to see any, like, revenue from when he would sell these for ridiculous amounts of money. So, I think in that sense, when you're actually profiting off really another artist's work, that's 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 no good. Roy Lichtenstein, that's it. That's the guy, yep. Yeah. That's the hack, yeah. I mean. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That guy. The guy that's doing the thing. Um... Anyway, what else have I been listening to? I've also been um, an extremely strange album. Like you, you, you thought, Naked City and Internet Club were, were strange. Madeline Murky, Scent. It's a a woman, and all she does is essentially have vocoders and effects and it's kind of like a mix between really serene ambience and just strange as hell noise collage experiments it it's literally like six minutes of her just saying syllables into a into a microphone and with, with, with a vocoder and different effects being laid on, and just kind of—I—I I, I really can't say what it is because it just sounds so strange. But it's so captivating because, especially with headphones, because she puts on some this weird delay, so like it comes in one ear and it repeats in the, in the next, but it just everything's kind of like delayed slightly. If it, I'm, I'm, I'm just, Terribly describing it terribly, but I gotta get this so strange. I get pretty and thrown down. I, I really enjoy it for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah, what is what is the name of that artist again? Madeline, M A D A L Y N, M E R K E Y. Madeline. I've, I've, uh, Madeline Murphy. Murphy. Hmm. Yes, I've, I've I've been going through um tiny mixtapes um. 
Eureka section, which it, it, seems, it seems to be kind of like the equivalent of Pitchfork's on Bursting Music, which, but more interesting records. Yeah. <laughs> and just more... Because I've, I've, been, I've been trying to go back to, to some of the more interesting and tougher and more difficult albums that I haven't been really paying much ear time to. Yeah. Tiny Mixtapes has always struck me as kind of a more asshole-ish pitchfork. And, <laughs> and, and I mean that in a good way. Yeah. They cover good music, though. Yeah. It's like... And they they also kind of really covered a lot of uh, vaporwave stuff going back to Lad. Um, that's where I, that's where I got Internet Club from. Oh, that's well. Well, and there you go. What do you know? I don't. It's like it's a it's like it's a real genre now, and it is a real genre now because it's got its own vapor music page. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, that's that's the best part. Vaporwave actually is is a tag on on Raker music now, so that means that means it's pretty much in. But with uh, 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 it doesn't have its own Wikipedia page. Chillwave has its own Wikipedia page. Uh, well, well, that's yeah, well, that's the next step. Yeah. And yeah. I remember when when you had to look up what Vaporwave was, you had to go on Tumblr to find out what it was, <laughs> and. Man, Vaporwave is so over now. Find Even Wish has to music. Richard music is over. It's over! Even Witch has to has its own on Wikipedia page. Well, of course. Because oh. witches need to live somewhere. I mean... <laughs> oh, I... I'm just I'm I had this page open and I just saw this. Naked City, uh Yamatsuka I was a member of Lat for a while. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, no, um, he, he get no he he get, he gets on a few um checks on Yeah, he's he's a session member. He does uh, open but, oh, oh I didn't know that actually. I did know that. I'm smart. I know stuff. He does a lot Don't of um, judge me. yelling and his usual well, that's, that's, that's all I want from him. I mean... Bark, barking into the microphone. Maybe not all I want, Bark. but all I need. It's like that song. Do, 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 do. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't play that one. I wish oh, I could. Oh, I want. Yeah. Um, more experimental music. Um, listening to Sun Aurora. And oh, the, the collaboration... Think- I'm sorry. I was, I, was, I, was hoping you were, I was hoping you were going to say you were listening to Sun. No, Sun Sun Aurora, which uh, which is like a a psychedelic kind of like it's kind of like influenced by very tropical kind of music. Um, but he released an album this year, which he done a. Uh, he done a collaboration with uh, the Congos, which is a Jamaican band from uh, the 70s, which very usually based on very wonderful harmonies. Why are you and, doing um, that accent now? 
know. Just kind of fell into it. Um, You're doing a French accent, so it's for France. I don't even know what's happening anymore. I'm not avant garde. <laughs> um, oh, it's not avant garde. But yeah, it's 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 essentially like a if you take if you take the the sound of like reggae and dub, like and then you mix it well, with you, um you take the lime and the coconut and then yeah and then you <laughs> drink it up from there drink them both together oh, okay. and drink it all up and then I ring the doctor and he's like. Yet what 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 did it? You drank them both together. <laughs> and then for some reason I start telling him about it, and then he just starts going back and forth, and it's like a. What the hell are we even talking about anymore? We're talking about Paul Simon. Is it Paul Simon? Is that his son? Paul Simon. Um, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Podcast is Harry taking a Nilsson. point of Harry Nilsson. Nilsson. Oh, Harry. Really? Nilsson. Harry? Really? Yeah. Single by Harry Nilsson. Harry Nilsson. That's the guy. That's the guy. Who... He was on an album of the week, wasn't he? Yeah, he did the album of the week a couple weeks ago. And he also did um, that's everybody's talking. From Midnight really? Cowboy. Yeah. Everybody's oh, talking shit. about me. Man. I can't hear a word I'm having, yeah. I'm having a fucking revelation here. Boom. Harry Nelson. Yeah. I wanna, I wanna know you. <laughs> was he also, <laughs> You're probably was he dead. Also, but, was he also, yeah, 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 you're dead. Was he also a member yeah. of Naked City at one point? <laughs> at one point. Yes, I'm reading right here. He, he actually founded Naked City. Like, he's the reason it's called Naked City is because he was naked when it happened. <laughs> oh, really? Ain't that fantastic? Harry Nelson is. But then he died soon Naked after. City. Yeah. Well, what do you expect? When you're, when you're in Naked City, you don't last very long. John Zorn has. Um, anyway, Son of Raw, with the collaboration with the Congos, it's like psychedelic, really hazy reggae dub stuff. It's kind of like rocky a little bit as well. It's, it's it's really it's really cool, really repetitive, but um, lots of absolutely gorgeous vocal harmonies, like absolutely beautiful, impeccable. It's it's like it's like it's like gospel almost. It's like like a gospel choir, like a reggae oh, really? gospel. Psychedelic huh. reggae gospel. It's and 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 the, the pitchfork the pitchfork review. Um, it, it it was quite funny to me because it said this might not be the best reggae album, but it's the best psychedelic gospel album you'll you'll hear all year. And I was, I didn't know. What? That was a that was a thing which people. Let me let me just bring up the quote exactly. Let me laugh. Well, I mean, um, you could, 
Yeah, you yeah, can't get such not, better endorsement than that. It's not the best reggae album of 2012, nor the best noise album, but undoubtedly the best psychedelic gospel album you'll hear all year. It's like... There's been high watermarks in the genre of psychedelic gospel. <laughs> didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't really even know that was a thing, to be honest. Oh, well, isn't it? Well, I guess it's kind of like, uh, you could say the same thing about Scott Walker. Like, you know, it might not be the best experimental album this year, but it's probably the best album featuring a part. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> I'm sure there's one hidden somewhere in Centipede Hurts. I, I, I think it'd be kind of hard to, to pick out, but I'm sure one's in there somewhere. My centipede hurts. Oh, anyway, I... Centipede. Yeah, I, I think I'm done. Um, I, don't, I don't really have anything else that I've been playing recently. Unless, let, me, let me check. What do I got? Yeah, I don't really have anything else. Unless, unless we'll oh, talk I... about Captain Murph. Oh, we could. I, really talk we could. I mean, I actually, I actually really haven't listened to any Captain Murphy. Like, I keep meaning to listen to Duality, but it hasn't happened yet. And now I guess there's no, no point, being as we all know he's Flying Lotus now, so... The mystery's gone. No reason, no yeah, reason that's, to listen to it. Because so, I know I just... who he is. I just like the fact that um, that in 2012 we got two Flying Lotus albums. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't really call it. I wouldn't really call it an album. <laughs> it's more of a mixtape. Okay, well, okay, two Flying Lotus projects. All right, Mr. PC. Yes. I, I, I still don't fully understand what makes one thing a mixtape and one thing an album. Like I, I do. Yeah, exactly. I do kind of get it. But there are also some places where I feel the distinction is really, like, uh, like with ex-military. So that I was just about to safe. bring that up. Like you, you hear it being called both. I, I consider it an album, but I guess because it. I, def- I definitely consider it an album. I guess because it was more... released for free online. It's a mixtape. Like, what's it? What's the I deal? Think, I actually think, and you know, don't get me wrong. I, I love, I love both the. Uh, ex-military and the money store, the money store more actually, but I think ex-military is more of a cohesive album than the money store is. The money store was released officially. No, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Like uh, ex-military or ex- yeah, ex-military kind of has more of a kind of narrative flow to it, whereas the money store is just kind of here to track, here to track, here to track, here to track. Um, yeah, they, they they do different things. Um, yeah. So I, I get I get what you're saying. Uh, it, it's not really a point against either album. They just have yeah, exactly. They just have different feels to them. It's the the most yeah, yeah. thing I think you can say about anything. Yeah, it has a different feel, but but it's true. Yeah, I, 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 I'm I'm much um much rather the money store though. The money store's to me more great. Oh yeah, the money store is still my favorite. Yeah, yeah. I think um, it's my favorite. I think as the as the new like I like Death Grips in 2011. You know, I I, I liked them. I wasn't really buying into all of the you know uh, at that point the madness wasn't huge, but you know there's a lot of hype at least amongst you know kind of us 
about ex-military, but you know, I thought, hey, it's really good. I'm not going nuts over it. Over it. Then as the money store, you know, tracks got released, I sort of realized, you know, that it was that it was really I was falling in love with it. And then when I heard the whole album, I was like, yeah, I can officially say I'm a huge fan of this, of this band. Yeah, it, it took me a while to warm up to ex-military, as I think it should for most people. Um, but I, but yeah, it's it, looking back on it, it, it is kind of cool that uh, you know Anthony was really on to like the Death Grips thing from the start, and then the Forum got on to it because he because he was, and we were all like, "Yo, these guys are really good." And then 2012 came, and now everyone loves them. <laughs> so it's kind of like, yeah, it, so you can kind of do the thing. Yeah, I was listening to Death Grips back in 2011. I'm cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like Death Grips before they were popular. I remember when Full Moon came out. <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm seeing Death Grips in two days. Oh, nice. Yeah. Jelly. For the second time. Even, even jellier. What? Set up the jelly. Jelly Wibble, wobble, wibble, wobble, chilly on the plate. Exactly. Uh. So, anywho, um, I guess I guess I should talk a little bit about what I've been listening to. Uh, being as how that's how this segment works. Um. Oh, uh, so I I alluded to previously that I had something related to World's End Girlfriend uh, to talk about. I do have something actually literally related to World's End Girlfriend, as in his little brother just put out an album this past month. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, I see. Like, uh, I did related, not just in the sense that, you know, oh, this thing and this oh, are like, Christ. but in the familial sense. Kill me now. And that they are both part of the family. Uh, no, but anyway, his, just, his uh, name is uh, Ryoma Maeda. Uh, R-Y-O-M-A M-A-E B.A., um, who is, as I said, uh, the little brother to uh, Katsuhiko Maeda. And Katsuhiko is World's End Girlfriend. He just doesn't go by his own name, but Ryoma does. So he just put out an album on uh, on his big brother's label, actually. Uh, it's called Fantastic Suicide. And it kind of sounds what you would expect world's and girlfriend's little brother to sound and uh, it's it's very similar similarly kind of schizophrenic and all over the place uh this album i would say is more not i don't want to say add than world's and girlfriend's music but it, but it kind of feels that way um and honestly i don't think it's as good as a uh, WG's output, like it, it's a very different album. Like he doesn't have a lot of the kind of neoclassical or jazzy elements to his music that World's End Girlfriend is inclined to uh, incorporate uh, often. It's much more not straightforward, but I guess yeah, straightforward like weird electronic music with like pop influences. Um, but it's still a decent album. Like, like, I'd recommend it. Uh, I don't know if it's got any sorts of year analyst. But it, it's interesting to hear. And I also love a lot of the um, 
song titles on it. There's one called uh, Roll Over Beethoven. Like, there's, there's, there's four E's. and Well, six E's overall, but four E's in the second part of Beethoven. <laughs> uh, you know, takes that out. Um, the next track is called Do You Remember Punkish Radio? I don't know what to do. Um, there's ballad for 21st Century Girl. Or it's actually 21st because it's 21 when TH. Like, I, I, I actually don't know if that's a typo if, or if that's how it's actually written, but but we'll see. Um, oh, and my favorite Meat is Mahler. Like, Meat is Murder, but instead of so Yeah. Two stuff. Yeah. So, Mahler. And, and I guess technically Mahler was meat, because it was something so conversely is, is Mahler. That's how, that's how logic works. So, it's an album that teaches you a lot. Fantastic suicide. I now feel tortured. Yeah. So, Steve, uh, why you behave? Steve, shouldn't this guy call himself the world's end brother? Oh. Moving no. on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just dismissing that. Not even gonna not even gonna address it further. Um, yes. Similarly also on uh, WEG's label, uh, Virgin Babylon Records, by the way. Look that up online. Yeah. Got a lot of great music. Uh, Kashiwa Daisuke, who a lot of uh. people Sort of world and girlfriends, kind of kindred spirit. Like we've done a lot of similar They're both. Your mic is kind of coming in and out. Oh me? Yeah. At least for me. Maybe it's not for Nick, but I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Sounds it's all good terrible. to me. You know? Okay. Well. Yeah. It's not terrible. It, it, it actually doesn't matter for you, Robbie, because I'm recording this from my setup. So what you experience has no bearing on how this podcast works. Oh, we're fine. You are the least important person here. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. We love you, Robbie. You're the best. <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> and we have to again. <laughs> but, uh, where is it? Anyway. So, anyway, Kashiwa Daisuke, uh, he just, just released a remix album, so kind of remixes he's done for other people and alternate versions of some of his tracks. It's called Re, like just R-E, and then I think a semicolon, I don't know, maybe a full colon. No, it's a full colon. A full-on colon, like the one in each of us. Um, but yeah, that, that's also good, worthwhile. Um, and I think there's a Petroiska album coming out later this month. Also on Babylon. It's been a it's been a busy month for them. They're, they keep putting out records, so I imagine that means the label's doing well. I'm, I'm fine with that, because hopefully that means New Worlds and Girlfriend material in, in 2013. Um, let's see. On the kind of weird uh, experimental front, uh, just listened to a record by a uh, artist by the name of Holly Herndon. Uh, I think Anthony just reviewed her, actually. Uh, yes. Yeah, but uh, yeah. she has a record called Movement, 
Um, it's on RVNG, I, I believe, uh, the same uh, label that released uh, Julia Halter's albums. Uh, so it's, that's what kind of tipped me off to this album first off, because I think Julia Halter retweeted like something about it and it looked interesting. Uh, what it does is it, it samples, I don't know if mostly, but a lot of just kind of like a body processes, like kind of breathing and, you know, things like that, sort of organic sounds and puts them into these uh, songs. Uh, I've only listened to it once, so I can't comment on it uh, a whole lot, which means I probably shouldn't have brought it up in the first place. But if you want to say, you know, you should listen to it, because I did, I did really enjoy that one listen that I gave to it. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to catch up. See, it's the end of the year, so I want to listen to want to listen to things that I haven't heard yet that I might like. Yeah. I'd like. Very... If you haven't noticed, there's been this kind of like a boom of solo female artists this year. Just just in, in, in general. <laughs> women, women, thinking they can, women thinking they can, they can do music. They can. Yeah. They, 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 they can they can really well actually <laughs> yeah, that, yeah yeah I guess so. shut well, down or at least <laughs> there went that that was just like a sexist douchebag we 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 all we all love you Robbie you're the best um, sexism is now your thing that's <laughs> That's what gimmick. we now associate you. Yes, it's what we now associate you by. More than the whole anger and uh, you know uh, constant blow-ups thing. Yeah. Oh, oh, Robbie, he's that guy who doesn't respect women. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> that's our Robbie. Na 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 na. Oh. Well, I, I, well, I did one of those last FM. Uh, you know. Um, Demographic, for lack of a better word, um, test things, and I got a, I got an absurdly low score on women, lower than Kyle, which is, is mind-blowing to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's 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 not your fault, Robbie. <laughs> so let's let's, let's let's make that clear. But yeah, I, I mean, it's kind of been you know, kind of been a thing. For most of Western cultures, women haven't exactly been given equal footing, and I, I guess that's kind of hard to undo in, in a short amount of time. But but we're working on it. We're, we're speaking speaking as white males, all of us. We're sorry for for a lot, and and we'll try to not do bad things so much. But there's only so much three of us can do. But we're but we're we're working on it. They're trying, damn it. Yeah. So uh. So, sorry. Um. But any, anyway, back to that point. It, yeah, Nick made a good point. Like I don't know if it's so much uh, there's more of them, but they definitely be getting more attention from the from from, from the press. But which, which you know, but I I think it's good. It, it it should it should be like just like musicians should get press. And musicians ideally should be like fifty percent women, fifty percent men, or maybe it's like fifty-one percent women, forty-nine percent men. Like I think it's maybe closer to that. 
the actual population distribution, but, you know, the point remains, uh, there should be more representation. And, you know, seems to be happening, so... We're There's working. more of them. They're spreading. Like I said, we're working on it. <laughs> oh, 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 God. No, I didn't mean like that. We seem to have lost Nick Claire. He's, he's he's now gone. God. No, I'm not. Hey, hey, he, he rest. Hey, he rests in peace. No, I'm back. No, I'm still here. <laughs> can you can you hear something, Robbie? It's like it's like in the wind. Like I just I can barely just, just hear his voice. He's I, I think he's saying how much how much he admires us and how 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 great people we are. He's slowly dissipating away. He's leaving us. He was. Uh, I, 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 let, let's be honest. I didn't like him that much, but. I guess he's gone now, so I'll just I'll pretend to like him. Uh, I would not be surprised. Okay. I'm still here. There. Oh, hi, Nick. How are you doing? <laughs> oh, I was just over there. Oh, okay. Yeah, and everything you said, damn it. So, yeah. Uh, Did you go so, to the Asperger's part? Where was I? <laughs> oh, Holly, Holly Herndon. Yeah. So, listen to Holly Herndon. Uh, and yeah. I guess that's pretty much it. Like, I honestly haven't listened to a lot of I've been playing video games again more. It's just a select that takes up my time. It, it's a very busy schedule to maintain, so you know, like I can only do so much in a day. Like, do I want to listen to music? Do I want to play a video game? Do I want to watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Like, there's a lot of choices that I have to make in my life, and I have to live with those choices, and that's what I'm doing. Living. When my also, Buffy the Vampire Slayer is a really good show. I know. It is. It is. John Sweden can do no wrong, and I will. I will fight anyone that says no. It's. It's a good. No. He's a. He's a. Fuck he's you, a kind, Nick. He's a kind, gentle soul. <laughs> I just said no for no reason, really. I didn't. You didn't. I didn't say what I'm saying in relation to. Still, fuck you. Always saying negative. <laughs> Negative. negative Nick. Sexist. That can be that can be what Nick's known for, being negative. Negative Nick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All, I like everything. We're all coming up with ways to hate ourselves. Uh, so yeah, I mean that's pretty much all I've been listening to. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I love one more thing. Um, Shuko Tokumaru. Uh, he actually gets his albums released over, over here, good old West of A. So I think he has a pretty decent following, but he just came out with a new record called In Focus. Like, like literally, it's In Focus. It, it, there's a question mark after In Focus, so I kind of had to raise the inflection of my voice towards the end of that sentence to, to indicate that. 
So, in focus, um, it's kind of just another Shugo Tokumaru, Shugo Tokumaru uh, record. He... Have you guys listened to him at all? No. No, I, I don't know who he is. What is this? Who is this? He's, he's who good. Is um, I've heard called on kind of like the Japanese Supion Stevens. Which I, huh. I I don't think it's a very apt description, but I know why they say it is that he uses a lot of different instruments in his songs, so he's kind of got a similar sort of baroque feeling to uh, a lot of Sufjan stuff. But uh, Tokumaru's music is kind of more playful than Lin's. Can you can you type his can you type his name in the chat thing below? Oh sure. It doesn't help the audience, but it's uh, S H U G O. Can't type and speak at the same time. T O K U M A R U. Shugo Toku Maru. But um, I, you can pretty much just pick up any one of his albums, and it'll kind of sound what any other one of his albums will sound like. He doesn't evolve too much, but what he does is pleasant enough. He, he just writes these fun, pleasant, short songs, and that's that's just what he does. He's oh, just, just, motherfucker has a... Uh, I was going to say, motherfucker has a Wikipedia page. He's over! Damn it. Shouldn't have even mentioned one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Check him out. Another recommendation from Steve. So, uh, from you know, Steve. Steve. All right, that, that's pretty much all I've listened to, and uh, that's been about an hour and twenty. You guys just want to call it? Yeah, I think that's an alright idea. Yeah. I what? what? Something. I said whoop. A whoop. Okay. Whoop. As in, yeah. Whoop. Yeah. I, I figure we can there shift. There it is. Kind of the uh, more interesting discussion for when more people are on, so we can get more conflicting opinions, more conflict, plus. But uh, okay. So uh, that's been what we've been doing. Um, I think we're going to call out a podcast. Uh, thank you all for joining us in our hour and however many minutes of humanity. Uh, as always, your podcast opinion is wrong. Uh, I have been Steve, and with me has been Robbie. Ah! Not quite as scary as the last one, but we'll take it. And Nick? This, is, uh, this is Nick uh, signing off. This <laughs> hurtful, man. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, yeah, but Steven? I'm gonna be signing off. I'm just gonna go in a quarter and eat a punch of berries, okay? Because I just I just can't handle it right now. This has been your podcast
And I'm fucked. Yeah. Right. Did it. Did it happen. Oh, we didn't get Nick to do um, his impression of me. Oh. Did, did I you want? I, I don't. I don't really have. I don't. I. I, I, don't, I don't think I've worked up a an impression of you. Yes. Right, we, we can say that for later. That that'll be an unresolved plot line that we can come back to in a couple episodes. <laughs> I think that's okay. I, th- I think that's how writing works. I'm a, I don't know. But, uh, but yeah. So, uh, probably next. Now that you have your initial pres- impressions of each other, uh, um, how much? How much do you dislike the other person? Let's just let's just cut to the let's cut to the facts uh, here. I like you more in voice form than text form because you have two accents and yeah. Whoa! <laughs> you sound like you. You sound like you. Sound like something happened there. I just put the mic really close to my face. Why? Why? No kidding. <laughs> well, at least, it, at least that shows that this stupid headset works. Someone. Um. Oh, I, I guess I can stop recording now.